Loose ball. Ewing goes up. The basket counts. He gets it over to the doctor. Tie ball game. Here's a shot, Julius. He, he scores! He scores! Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied! Here is Durant moving on Tucker. He turns, he shoots. Yes! Knicks, Nets, and all things across the association. This is Pick and Pod on WFUV Sports. This is Pick and Pod, WFUV Sports NBA podcast. I'm Kelly Bright and so happy to be back with two of my favorite people to do a show. It's been a minute since the three of us were in the studio together. I'm here with Gigi Spear. And Thomas Aiello. Now, we have one more week left of regular season basketball. But before we talk about the NBA, I have to give a quick college basketball shout out to Don Staley in South Carolina for taking home the Women's National Championship. Don Staley, of course, becoming the first black coach in D1 history to win multiple natties. And then, of course, Monday night on the men's side, the Kansas Jayhawks win it all for the first time since 2008. Thomas, I know you've been tweeting about it. March is officially over. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. No, because we still have the transfer portal. Okay, but you know. No, that's still part of. That's still part of it. The you, madness ends with the championship. Yeah, you you know that I love. Nobody your, pays attention uh, after that. I pay attention to the portal. I mean, okay. it's kind of it's kind of important. It's okay, kind of important. But not as important as hoisting that trophy. <laughs> no, it's not. That is true. That is true. I will. I will say though, Bill Self is now one of fifteen coaches, I think, to win multiple national championships. I think he's one of fifteen. Yeah, he joined a very exclusive club because that was his second one, the other night. And, For Kansas, I yeah. will say this has been. I think both the men's and women's side. This has been one of my favorite. It has, yeah, it ter- two tournaments. It was really good that I've seen in a while. I think. I mean, St. Peter's. That story was incredible. I think on the women's side, the last three or four games, some of the most down to the wire, like playoff basketball I've seen in a minute I think that's going to be really good for the sport next year I completely agree it got me so hooked I can't wait to watch next year I've like Ayala and I talked about this I've been hooked on South Carolina for months I knew they would win it all and so has everybody they've known that but even with that being said and their dominance already known for months it was so exciting to watch. You were on your edge of the seat. Maybe not the whole entire game on <laughs> it Sunday. It was exciting, but though. It, it was, was so very cool exciting. throughout the entire tournament. And even, like, UConn's a dynasty. They're still always going to be great. But you to know. see them turn it around and figure it out and get to the championship game, I think was just awesome. Both games were just so yeah. exciting to watch. No, I definitely enjoyed watching the women's tournament. I kind of gave up after the first night <laughs> of the men's because – Shaheen Holloway just decided to ruin all oh, my hopes ruin and brackets. <laughs> ruin he, brackets. He comes out and beats Oscar Shibway, the collector, on the first night. I was so upset. I go, how? This guy averages like 700 rebounds a game. You can't out-rebound St. Peter's? But it was so good for basketball. No, it was. It they was so saved, good for basketball. He saved that school. Oh, Shaheen. exactly. And now they, he's on to Seton Hall, so yeah. congratulations to him. The Holloway Inn. <laughs> that, is, that your, is that your latest? The Holloway Inn. <laughs> your latest Girl, nickname. you win. Now, you guys can hear more about all that on Storm the Court, WFV's new weekly college basketball podcast. Thomas, I think that you're actually com- yep. on this tomorrow. week's episode. So As the time we're you're recording welcome. this, it's Tuesday, and then we're talking about that tomorrow. So right you're welcome for the shameless plug. But Thank you. Let's get back to the professional level because this is an NBA show. And I know last week we talked about the Knicks. The Knicks are out. Thomas, Bing w- bong, are we the okay? Knicks are gone. All right. All right. That's <laughs> all I got. Nothing that, you know, else. I'll Keep take going. that. Keep the going. Nets. They're, they're in an interesting position as that 10 seed 
uh, they could either be eliminated in one game or they have the potential to end up taking down the one seed in the Miami Heat. But we've spent a lot of time this year talking about New York basketball. And today's show, I really want to mix it up. And the first thing I want to talk about, official voting for the Kia Most Valuable Player of the Year Award will close this coming Monday before we film our next pick and pod. So I wanted to talk about this MVP race. Now, I think this is one of the tightest races we've seen in a long time. No MVP runner-up has finished with even half as many first place votes as the winner in 15 years. Gigi, at this point, do you think it's still anyone's game? I do think it's still anyone's game. And I think it kind of always is in a way with the MVP race. There is a lot of clear contenders from the beginning that kind of stick throughout. But I think the beauty of the MVP is it really is the most valuable player. And it doesn't necessarily just come down to stat line. And like if it did, you could say the Joker should just take it all. But that being said, there are so many high caliber performances across the league. You know, Devin Booker doing what he's doing. And like in other years, he probably could just walk away with the, the trophy easily. And also Giannis. Giannis is so good for the Bucks organization. And it makes me so happy. Even, even if he beats a team I like, I still am always rooting for him. And I would be so happy if he were to win it. And also you have Joel Embiid. I always trust the process. I love that that's his motto. And I just think there's so many good storylines and so many good teams. And it's really crazy how down the wire the playoff race is coming. But then also this MVP race. I do think it's it could be anybody's game. Yeah, I'm going to go with Gigi on this one because you go through the race and the ladder itself. Nikola Jokic is right now, according to NBA.com, he is in, in, the, in the lead for the Most Valuable Player Award. Giannis is right behind him, and then right behind him is Joel. My issue, I think, with Embiid is, you know, the, the Sixers really weren't good to start. They're kind of mid-ish right now. I mean, they're fourth, but I'm not really, you know, sold on what they're going to do in the playoffs. I think James Harden in the playoffs is, he's not a liability, but you you can't unplay, not play him. He's just there. I think that could hurt maybe his case because they do value team success in that to an extent. And for Giannis, I think that could maybe be voter fatigue. I mean, you can go, you can say the same thing. That's a great phrase. Yeah, you can say say the same thing with him and Jokic, and maybe they'll just give it to Embiid because screw it. Like the guy just, you know, he missed the first two years. He broke his foot because he's the size of a planet. (laughs) Dude, speak your yeah. truth, Aiello. Size I, of a planet. He is. Someone write that in the caption of I this have, week's wait, episode. I have, I have to keep track of this in my phone. I'll do it later. Okay. It is, it is crazy, though, that the, you know, the three names that are there at the top. It's all big men. Are all big men. Well, it, uh, all big men. Also all international wait, guys. Wait, are we counting Giannis as a big man? Duh. Yeah, I'm, are I'm, we? I'm Look counting him. him as a big he, man. But he plays well, as a guard. Brooke Lopez yeah. was barely there this year. Like, we have to count him as a big man. The fact that point. Brooke Lopez can still move is impressive. And he's going to be huge <laughs> for, for them. Him. He's going to be huge for them he is. in the playoffs. But I, I think it's really interesting that the past week and I think this coming week are so instrumental in who's going to get this award. I mean, you, Gigi, you mentioned Giannis, and I think the best case for him winning MVP were his past two games. I mean, Really His good. odds, I, you're looking at ESPN.com. They a- went NBA, from well, NBA. NBA, sorry, <laughs> NBA.com. They went from 12 to one last week. This week they're five to one, and that's because of back-to-back 
big performances against Embiid's team in the 76ers. And, of course, I know we weren't going to talk about New York on this episode, but the Brooklyn Nets, <laughs> he scored 44 points in that game, including a late three-pointer to force overtime, had 14 rebounds, and then he ends up hitting two very clutch free throws at the end of that game to seal the win in that game. He moved past Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as Milwaukee's all-time leading scorer. So, if recency bias is any is any, means anything to anyone voting, I think he has a shot. Especially, let's say the Bucks win out; they finish second in the Eastern Conference. You want to talk about how a team's success impacts a player's voting in the MVP conversation? We could see potentially Giannis overtake Jokic, whose team could potentially slip out of even having home court. Yeah. I think it's funny, too, because we talk about these three MVPs. Neither of them are on teams that are top, uh, well, I mean, except the Bucks, They're top three in the East. But, like, Jokic, the Nuggets are, are fifth in the West right now. And then if you want to discuss Joel Embiid, his team's fourth in the East right now. No one's on a top two team here in either conference, which is just really funny to me. And if you wanted to talk about Devin Booker, because I know, Gigi, you had brought that up, I think, earlier. The only reason that he's probably not going to get it is because he's, he plays for Phoenix. No one you know, really cares in terms of the broad scope of the NBA about Phoenix. There's not really much of a storyline with him either, maybe. Eh, His team's just really eh, good, too. Aiello, they're what? first in the West. I what know, do you mean nobody cares about Because I would say, I would say I actually, nobody like want to know what you mean. I'm not even trying like, to attack you, even okay, though I did so, the buzzer sound. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Staples bleep button. Well, yeah. But it's not a bleep button. It, it just says things, but... My, that was easy. My, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. My take on it is because they're just so good, and no one wants to give the award to, like, oh, first place in the East team. Like, it's just boring, right? Mm. And the whole NBA mantra, their theme, when you vote, this goes in the media, too, because you see it, is about, like, parody, entertainment. Uh, what's another word I can use? Wow factor. Wow factor, right? Uh, overcoming odds. They all like that sort of stuff. And Devin Booker... I, I, from day one, I mean, in the NBA, he was already good. We kind of knew that, but he, and he has gone to a different level. But for some reason, they're just they, the voters do not like Phoenix. They're probably not going to give it to him because it's not a big market team, really. Either, I mean, I mean, neither are the Nuggets. Are they? Is Denver a big market? No. No. I mean, and I, I, Gigi, I love that you brought up Devin that's Booker just my because take. I don't know. he's really not in this conversation. You're completely right, Thomas. He's and he's he's, not. he's definitely not going to win. He should MVP. be, but he's not. But it's funny, the last 12 players to average at least 25-5-5 for the team with the best record in the league, every single one of those 12 won MVP. Cakewalk, right. Devin Booker, he's averaging 27 points per game, Mm -hmm. five assists, five rebounds, and he's kept his team at that top, even with Chris Paul missing time. And he's not even in the conversation, and I think that just says... That says so much about this MVP race because even some names we haven't even said out. Luka Doncic is someone he's not yeah. going to win it this year, but my God, since January he has been playing out of his mind. Like, especially I think he just he just beat Giannis. Yeah, he just outplayed Giannis in 39 minutes. He had 32 points, 15 assists, eight rebounds. Milwaukee tried everything; they couldn't shut him down. So that's someone who I think maybe not this year, but the next few years yeah. could be the best player in this league. Jason Tatum's another name we haven't mentioned yet. So. It just blows my mind. Even if you look at the top three guys we've sh- we've thrown out there, they're all averaging between twenty six to thirty points a game, and they might not win MVP. Right? Like, it's so just mind blowing. Yeah, so it's wild. crazy. It's such a good time to be a basketball fan. I feel like I've said that every 
episode I've done this season, whether it was Storm the Court or Pick and Pod, like you, we mentioned before, college basketball is just so exciting this to watch. Really good, and yeah. it's not even that high scoring of games. But like obviously then you have the NBA games where teams are putting up 100 plus points a night. And like you mentioned, the Nets-Bucks game the other day, Kelly, too, where the Bucks took it home by a single point. And Giannis going off for 44 in that game on against a team where more than three players were in the 20 mark. I think that's really impressive, especially since anytime Kevin Durant stepped on the court this season, he was getting MVP chance when he could besides injuries. And I think you have him and like you have these other figures in the league. Sadly, LeBron, they all had a great season. And like these all time greats that we know are there are kind of being eclipsed by these newer players in yeah. Giannis and Embiid, Booker, Jokic, Jokic, Luca, Luca, all these players, and they're all having John Moran, diff- John Moran, shout out Julia, yeah, Julia, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Julia. Um, <laughs> also, it's just so cool to be at a time in basketball where a lot of complaints in like the past decade is that there's no big man focus anymore, no. and like you mentioned, there's all these big men in the top three. That's really, really interesting, and it's crazy how the game has shifted away from that three-ball focus. That being said, Devin Booker's three-ball is really amazing, shooting <laughs> at 38% really. or um, that's, yeah, 38% that's from clip. three. That's yeah, no, clip. I think it's awesome, yeah. especially for a point guard who's like really moving around the floor for yeah. his team. So I do want to uh, call back here. Kelly will remember where this came from. A wise man once said Chris Paul should be the MVP because he turned around the Suns franchise. Is this Andrew Posadas? It is indeed. It is I'm Andrew Posadas. Always so, am on the same page as Andrew Posadas. I, I was, always. That was kind of going through my train of thought here, and I'm sort of looking at the MVP ladder. Obviously, like Giannis, Jokic, you have Joel. I think Luka, in terms of the Andrew Posadas theory, is the MVP. Because you have to, where in God's name would this Jason Kidd-led team be without him? Now, when they first hired Jason Kidd, I, I wanted to I wanted to just scratch my eyeballs out of my face because I was like, why are we doing this? But now you start to sort of dive into it a little bit. Dallas has improved significantly, especially on defense under Kidd. They're seventh right now in the NBA in defensive rating. They're 18th, of course, in offensive rating, but it doesn't matter when Luka is averaging 28 points per game, nine rebounds, almost nine assists on 46% shooting in general. I don't think it matters really what your offense looks like, but again, if you want to talk about the Andrew Posadas theory, Luca is is the MVP in, in that regard. You know what's funny with the Mavs too, and I know you'll appreciate this as a Knicks fan. I will. Since they traded away Kristaps Porzingis. Oh yeah, they've been amazing. That was, I think, what, February in February? When did they, they trade him? It was February 10th. Yeah. And since then, they have turn their entire season around and even the game right after they traded him Luca had career high 51 points in that win over the Clippers so uh, I'm glad you brought him up I think he's one of the examples like you said of these young players who are going to be stars and we're going to talk about LeBron this episode we're going to talk about the Lakers so we'll get into all that and how we're really seeing a shift in younger teams having more success than some of the teams that are you know, ancient. relying, yeah, ancient, whatever word you want to use. But it, it to me, it's it's really cool to see all these young guys having a chance to be the MVP right now. And also, I brought this up really quickly before we get into the Lakers because I think there's a lot to uncover there. I do just <laughs> want to point out, I mentioned this at the beginning, how cool it is that 
all three of these guys are from different countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how you saw, this is something that has been in conversation with baseball a lot recently with Otani and how the faces of the leagues are now more international and more diverse, which is a push we're seeing, uh, you know, across the, across the world. And I think it's really cool. I think of when Dirk Nowitzki first became big and people started to realize that European players could be more than just these big men who were kind of soft and didn't do much. And, you know, at that time, never people had never seen a seven-foot guy shoot like Dirk did. And now we have three guys who are big international guys who can shoot. Work like Dirk. Ex- work like Dirk. Can <laughs> I be add, like wait. Mike, just work like Dirk. Work Hold like on. Dirk. I, I gotta love, start, I you better write that down I and have give a Gigi credit. So I have, wait, before we keep going, I have my NFL nicknames list. I have my Brooklyn Nets alphabet and why they won't win. And now I'm going to start things that we just say on this podcast. So it was work like Dirk. Dirk. What did I say before? Oh, Joel is the size of a planet. <laughs> if you if you get anything out of this episode, it's those two. It's those two. I already culture. have yes. I already have nicknames for all of the athletes here at Fordham, pretty much. Oh God, do you have do you have a nickname for Gigi and I? Uh, what's Gigi's? I actually hold on. <laughs> the torpedo. <laughs> Would that work? Well, what why, does that mean? Why the torpedo? I have to know. I'm dangerous. <laughs> okay. Kelly Kelly always brightens the day. Oh, We've got that's that. the way Come you were going. Oh, I thought we were doing more hardcore more stuff than that. Than no, that. we have, um, well, can I? Okay, so Fordham incoming recruit for men's basketball, Will Richardson. Will the How fir- do you have a nickname for someone who hasn't played? Well, has, we've been okay. here and we've for been four, four years. years. So wait, Think to of be, a name for us, to, ILO. To be fair, he is from can my- Can we unmute him till he thinks of a name no. for us? <laughs> to be fair, he is from my area. And the one at home is Reaper No Grim. But here, I'm going to push Will the Thrill. I that think the thrill. is very interesting. To segue back into <laughs> basketball, that also reminds me of Wilt the Still, right? Wilt yes. Chamberlain. There we go. Okay. Great segue. One of Gigi the best Spear. people ever to play the game of basketball. Yeah. Also one of the best stat line producing people ever. Just a really dominant force. And we have some people surpassing him we in do. certain stat lines. And I think that that's really cool. Like, we're talking about all these changes in basketball. At least we were talking about it. <laughs> I yellow. What? We were talking about we basketball. We got a little sidetracked. We did. Um, hey, it's it's what makes this podcast tremendous. <laughs> it does. No, I'm this serious. Is true. This is true. Um, and, yes, so I just think that it's really cool that we could see so many different stats being produced. Um, like, Jokic, for example, I mean, he has – really taken the cake in a lot of different categories he has um ILO you know this how many points per game 29.8 is yes 26.5 I just made that he's not even a scorer which is the wildest part about it but I think that's not what he helps his team with like he creates he's just he's so creative and this is what I am trying to produce this other storyline I know you're getting into one Kelly and if you want to finish okay so this other storyline not only are these new people coming in from different countries, younger talent coming in, playing their own game, playing their own game. I just want to, you guys remember this, LaMelo Ball playing his own game. That is, I think, the epitome of like the younger player playing his own game. That being said, also at the same time, I feel like we're shifting away, tell me if I'm wrong, from this super team mindset where you don't need three or four all-time greats, NBA 75 players to be in not only MVP contention, but championship contention. And I think that's really cool. 
obviously we're still having like two great players on every team that's successful. You have to have that, whether it's a big man and a guard or two guards, two big men, whatever it could be. Um, and I just was mentioning uh, Wilt the Still because that was just one era of basketball where someone could be so dominant in the post and that was their game. You could see throughout the eras so many different shapes and um, forms of basketball coming to life and like different ways to score, different ways of playing defense. And I feel like right now we kind of can get away from that four, five, six, whatever LeBron was saying when he was in Miami and like that creation of a super team and going more into having a dynamic duo or having one player, letting one player say it's like Luca, who's really hot right now playing his own game. Let him do that. Let him sco- go out and score 40 or 50, whatever he can, because that's possible. I but- think Gigi makes a really good point yeah. when you talk about these super teams. And everyone thinks that the Chicago Bulls with Michael and Scotty, that was that wasn't a super team. It was just a Michael Jordan carry job. That's right. essentially what it was. I think you're correct in the sense that the super team thing, yes, it was a it was more of a problem than it has been in, in years past in more recent memory. But now that you go back to this whole duo thing, I think the NBA has realized and just purely from like a, a business perspective, that when you have more parity distributed around the leagues, it's just better for business. Mm-hmm. But I also think it makes the product more watchable. Like when Kevin Durant went to Golden State the NBA Finals lost, I think, 70% of their viewership. Everyone watched hockey. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you guys don't follow hockey, right? No one in here follows hockey? No. No? no. Okay. I, was that a hockey podcast happening No, no that the w- other so studio? The other studio was Nosebleeds. Oh, baseball. okay. Baseball. All right. I saw so, Chris Hennessy. More- <laughs> I thought it was a hockey podcast. That's is that all Chris is known for? That's, I mean, me. that's, fa- that's a fair yeah. guess. That's fair. That's context, more, but moral of the moral of the story is that you can still win. Like, There's so many different methods to win. Obviously, the NBA is a copycat league, as are most of the professional sports in America. But there's so many different ways you can win in the NBA. I mean, San Antonio is probably the best example of that because mm-hmm. you ha- obviously Tim Duncan's an all-time great, but it's not like he was playing with Dwayne Wade or right. uh, who am I? Like Bill Russell and, and Sam Jones. See if I can go back even further. George, uh, George Mikan didn't have anyone. It was just him. Um... And maybe like anyone from the Lakers dynasty. Magic Johnson. Magic, Magic and Kareem, James Worthy. Like that's a godly team. Like Tim Duncan was winning with Tony Parker and, and Manu Ginobili. Now, they're Hall of Famers, but they're not that caliber of Hall of Famer, right? So I think that method has come back. I think it's good for the NBA too because it definitely makes it more interesting. I mm-hmm. agree. And Gigi, I couldn't have asked for a better segue because you want to talk about a team that has been <sighs> that super team that – chasing after star power and familiarity tactic to a pulp we have to talk about rob palinka and the lakers yes and my favorite because this is a team that truly went after veteran star power presence tried to make their own super team and it worked one year they got their championship in 2020 but this year was a waste of a season (laughs) for lebron james and i this is, I guess, breaking news, but we've heard it all season long, so it's really not that breaking. But allegedly, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report reported today that Vogel will be fired. Uh, it's just a matter of when, not if. It's probably going to be not, the end of the year. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming to, to avoid complicated contract issues, they're going to wait till the end of the year. Yeah. But, I mean, they released this before. They even technically have been officially eliminated, so that's kind of a slap it's in the funny. face. But It's funny that they, the Lakers have just... They went all in for the Mickey Mouse ring. Yeah, and I... <laughs> That's I, true. I yeah, wanted to ask you guys what happened because this is a team 
that literally just a few years ago won a championship with AD and LeBron at the top and a cast of supporting role players doing these specific jobs for them to to produce and it worked in 2020 and now you fast forward now I have my own opinions on what happened to what Russell Westbrook is a huge one I I, I think that <laughs> I, yeah. was a, a big mistake Gigi's gonna go first on this Gigi one. I'm gonna let you go first I mean, what happened to this team I think it's really disappointing and it's kind of hard to wear this because I was like oh everyone's <laughs> shutting out the Lakers before we even started the season they were great they coming off a championship two years ago last season not that bad like the lakers are always going to be in contention but they're not but they're not this year 11th in the west right now and losing huge games down the stretch and everybody thinking it's the april fool's joke that lebron won't play the rest of the season and Uh, it's just true too and like the fact that he could come out and be very dominant, like be MVP caliber two months ago, a month and a half ago. He could still win the scoring title. If he plays <laughs> two he? more games, if he plays two, two more games, he could win the scoring Wait, title. Wait, hold on, I gotta look this he up. Oh, he can is wow. such a dominant scorer, but like maybe this really is like a a bigger deal because this lake show, like you said, this dynasty just putting on a show, is getting beaten by like way more humble teams. They're getting beaten by me. It. Like people like me are beating them. <laughs> far, we, far inferior opponents. We could revisit that. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to see a one-on-one. Even you, Malik Monk, or something. We shoot, could I, match you up as best as better, possible. I can shoot better than LeBron. Oh um, my God! All right. Well, can you mute his mic after everybody? Can, no. You're you're on one minute of silence for that. No. <laughs> Time out. Um, <laughs> we need the hockey people to come in here and tell us how the how does it happen when you go in the ice box? Oh, the penalty, penalty box. box. <laughs> Um, what do you mean, fifth grade? Yeah, exactly. Ayello, are we in fifth grade? Anyway, so <laughs> um, as I was saying, yes. Okay, so the Lakers, I think we, this era of like having the DNPs, having games where like you can't just play because of soreness and not just working through that, like that might be the epitome of the Lakers this season in a way. There's undeniable injuries from Anthony Davis consistently and I think that you could go really high with him you could also go really low like you could you know high risk high reward type thing um and he's such a good player and even without him you have LeBron and you're gonna win games with LeBron and I thought you would have LeBron down the stretch and at least make it to playoffs because I think once he's there he could figure it out get his way through the Western Conference but I mean, there's the argument that it's bad coaching, but I think it's bad mindset too. And like, we'll see how much a different coach would change this. And, you know, if it's a Doc Rivers coming in or if it's the Snyder. Yeah, exactly. Coming in, Snyder Snyder coming in and see what that would do. But I really think that it's, it's momentum in the favor of teams who are like putting in work consistently and playing together. They haven't had consistent games together this season, at least as a team. And I think that that's a huge thing that are going to get the Lakers knocked off. And I mean, you're winning by, excuse me, you're losing by more than 10 points to the Nuggets, a game that you really must win to get into the playoffs and you just don't win it. I think that that just says a lot about the season. It doesn't come down to one game, but like symbolically that says a lot about the greater season in general. Really quick, Thomas, like, Gigi, I just want to go off that real fast. I know you love your Richard Jefferson time of death. For me, the time, the time of, death of death of their season was last. I mean, maybe it was a while ago, but the, like the true time of death last week, they blew a 20-point mm-hmm. halftime lead to the Pelicans, who were also vying for the nine spot at that time in that Western Conference. 
All of the players before the game said that was a must win. Even after the game, they said that was a must win. And they blew a 20-point lead in halftime. I have to give a shout-out to Trey Murphy, my boy. Yeah, you do. Because he had 21 in that game, 16 in the third quarter. So, But poster dunk, too. You want to talk about that motivation, that lack of culture, whatever. Like To me, not being able to come together and win a must-win must game in that situation against a team that player-to-player player is not better than you. Yeah. Even even without LeBron, even without AD is not better than you, and you lose that game, to me, you're right. I think that comes down to a culture shift that needs to happen. And for me, I think getting rid of Vogel was one step in the right direction, but I think it's gonna it's gonna require a lot more that a lot more than that in the off season. And Thomas, I know I cut you off, so no, it's please okay. continue. Well, I do wanna say, because you said that without LeBron and Davis Going up against the Pelicans, the Pelicans are actually a far superior team. All right, maybe. Well, c- they don't have Zion. Well, they have Brandon Ingram. They have McCollum. Yeah, they have right. Jonas Valanciunas. Right. Who else is on Still, this team? Still, they shouldn't have lost that no, game. No, they, they definitely shouldn't have. the Lakers. Have. They shouldn't no. have lost that game. I think the biggest mistake that this team made is everyone's old. They're all old. Yeah, everyone's 100 years old. I'm going through their basketball reference page. LeBron's 37. Melo's 37 years old. What is Melo going to do at 37 years old? Score. At barely 13 points a game in 26 minutes. I mean, okay, that's not bad. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, Trevor Ariza is, you're asking him to do stuff. Dwight Howard is really falling off a cliff. I mean, good for him getting his ring, but my God, Rondo is, is here. I mean, he doesn't really play much though. He's only played like 18 games and Anthony Davis. That's the other big one. He's only going to maybe play 40 games and he's questionable tonight. That's, I've, that's really just not a good look at all. Now I understand health has been his. That's like the thing with him. That's just he. He's never healthy. He's never. He's never played eighty-two games. He's only played seventy-five games twice, and after that, it's everything is sub seventy, sixty-eight, sixty-seven, sixty-four. Those are his first three years. Then you go his last year in New Orleans. He's playing fifty-six because he's sitting out because of the trade stuff. Then he goes to L.A. He looked healthy the first year, and now it's just 36, 39 this year. I think the Lakers, and as insane as it is to probably say this, should trade Anthony Davis again. I, yeah, he probably I has to I get traded again. Because they went all in for him. They gave up a lot of stuff to get Russell Westbrook, which has totally backfired. I actually want to find what they gave up for him i will get to that in a I minute i mean they gave up kyle kuzma they gave yeah, up kcp they gave up montrose harrell a first round pick it was a five they got Alex caruso yeah. like to oh, me caruso i think left in free agency he left but to me like you look at this team that won a championship by going on their two-star players and then having a bunch of young emphasis on young players yeah. who aren't going to be as injury prone and who can step up in those role-playing positions and you have alex caruso playing under frank vogel who's a defensive coach and then you go into the offseason, you get rid of your defensive players, you get ev- get and you get everyone. Russell Westbrook. That was the worst. Thinking <laughs> that Russell Westbrook was going to come in and be a good good player to work with LeBron on the same court at the same time? This really, Are you kidding yeah. me? Like To me, that was the worst decision they could have made. You, you let Caruso walk, and you lose all your defenders. I just they, like mind blowing, and then seeing what Westbrook Westbrook literally had the worst season of his career this year. You can blame it on injuries if you want to, but to me, if injuries are consistently a problem, which they are, I think you both are right. Maybe look to trade AD, but also do what Gigi said earlier in this podcast. The league is changing, yeah. So change, 
Mm-hmm. Go out, get some younger players who aren't going to be injury prone. Get some guys who can actually help LeBron win a championship. You only have a few more few more years left with LeBron. He's great. He is still in contention for a scoring player. He's prob. I know he might be one of the greatest of all time. Some He's people not think he's the Michael greatest Jordan, of all time. So don't start with that. Either way, though, you only he doesn't want to leave LA. No, we know that. Help him. Help you get him some players in the off season. And I think I'm I'm worried for them in the off season because they don't have a lot of room to work with, given the fact that Westbrook has a forty-seven million dollar salary. It's going to be really hard to unload that. Or if you think of some of their younger guys, THT, he's being overpaid now. He played horrible this mm-hmm. season. You're not going to get much for him. Tr- they stopped trading for Kyle Lowry. Like they stopped that transaction right. because of him. And now he is not right. I want to get back one minute. Yeah. What the Lakers really, they also really messed this move up too. They had a draft pick last year in the NBA draft and they had Isaiah Jackson, who was really good coming out of Kentucky. He was one of the best rebounding players in the draft and they traded him away for like a box of cookies. For what reason? Wait, you know the so team, Dwight like, Howard could get the rebound. Yeah. Was the <laughs> but like you know that this team is old, and you know that you need some fresh legs. You can't give away Isaiah Jackson, who actually is not horrible for Indiana in terms of like, he plays 14 minutes a game, but he comes off the bench. But he's not terrible. I mean, eight points a game if you round up, four rebounds. He has w- almost one and a half blocks per game. It, this guy's not bad. He's better than having DeAndre Jordan, who is a statue at this point in his career. And also, if you want to look at the NBA mock draft, they're right now the Lakers are 11th in the West, so they would be around, I want to say, like between the 19 and 16 spot. And if they were going to go maybe 14, if they were going to go into the draft and do anything, I, someone like like Wendell Moore from Duke would be amazing for them. Yeah, but he's he not, play, you need more than that. Right, but like he's a, like a right, role player. Right. Like it's better than Trevor Ariza. It's right. better than Rondo. I mean, even if the Lakers had multiple picks, if they trade Anthony Davis for some magical reason, Patrick Baldwin, who's a shooter, like he's he would be great for them. Walker Kessler, another defensive big man, the other alien that coming from Auburn would be amazing for them. But they don't have any assets. Exactly, that's the issue. And I'm that's thinking Malik Monk is probably one of their best young role players. I mean, this year he actually shot really well, he, over thirty nine percent from three. But they're not going to have the money to pay him. No. He's not going to be on this team next year. Does he have a team option? I oh, oh no, it's only the one year. Wow. Yeah. That's a actually well, that was a good signing. I, I, I want to like know Kelly if you could see any trade happening with the Knicks and Lakers. Ooh. So I've like, heard this. Get wait, Knicks Randall and Lakers. I've heard Fournier this one. Out. But what do I get back? Just Anthony Davis, and you're welcome. No, I don't want. And no. you're welcome. See, Dude, I, that will turn it around I've, for the Knicks. I've gone back you and forth on this because if the Knicks had Anthony Davis, I don't see how that's a bad thing. However, I he maybe I'm hurt in, every week. May, that's the thing, and also maybe I'm in the minority on this. I don't love getting rid of Julius Randle. No, uh, I could see getting rid of Evan Fournier. It's but very wishy washy. Yeah, it's I very. Th- I, I was. Wishy-washy. I've kind of defended him throughout the season. Yeah, Fournier, you can probably get rid of. I, I mean. We all know that Barrett's going to be better than him, and we know that Grimes is probably more valuable than him. If Fournier, to me, I mean, Kelly, you're the you're the Celtics fan, so I will I will digress to you if you agree with this. But I thought me that was just the French Kemba Walker, just shooting a lot. That's that's exactly I, I mean, what that's, <laughs> I mean. That yeah. was I didn't like it. And they at brought all. in both of them at the same. They brought time. both of them in, and Kemba as much and as they didn't score no, the first no, half of the season. No, they were, they were good the first game. Fournier was good against the Celtics. They had their, that's, that's no, they it. had their moments. They did have, they their, had moments. their moments. Kemba actually saved the Knicks versus the Bulls early on in the year. But I think it's something when you give 
a timeline or like a really strict deadline to basketball. And I think that's what the Lakers did. They wanted a championship yes. last year. They want they got the championship they two did, years yeah. ago. They want a championship this year and then in three years LeBron will be forty. So like and he's gonna probably leave to play with his kid. Well that's he's, probably he's promised happen. that yeah. we'll see where he goes. But like it's just interesting to think that like whoever you bring in if you're the Lakers, whether it's a coach or a player, they have to be ready to win right now. Yes. And like maybe this is LeBron's like last signal that like okay I'm gonna be done soon and then who do you trade for who like you look at like Zach Levine like (laughs) so the Bulls like you have to get Anthony Davis out I think that's actually step one after you first thing get someone for Frank Vogel and they need they need shooting they they would benefit greatly if they hired Quinn Snyder because I would love to. I think right, he would give me give me so, your reasons. Okay. So you still want to play defense, obviously. Okay. That still has to be the number one priority. I think that's fair mm-hmm. that you still have to play defense. I think the other thing that you have to think about is with the Vogel or not Vogel, um, Quinn Snyder. He's worked with Donovan Mitchell since he essentially drafted him back in 2017, and he's been fantastic. And Utah's whole thing because they have Gobert, who is a negative, not a negative, more like a non-existent variable on offense. So they're smart enough, Utah, where they're going to just spread the floor with three shooters, and then you have a main ball handler that is Mitchell, and you just somehow added Mike Conley to that. I mean, it only opens it up even more. Mm-hmm. The point being, it's it's such a basic strategy, and it's probably easier said than done, but that's how like 95% of the NBA is now, right? We'll go back. We'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the Knicks today. They're not totally gone. <laughs> we'll go back to 2013 when they were second in the East, when they had Melo playing power forward position. I feel like every position. Knicks fan's favorite line is, let's yeah, go back to 2013. Yeah, well, let's go back to the good that's old all, days. That, that, that's all we have left. I mean, come on. That's all we have left. That's all we have left. But Melo played power forward that year, and he shot, I think, north of 38%. He won the scoring title. He was second in MVP voting. The Knicks were number one in the NBA in three-pointers made and attempted. or They may have been eclipsed by the Rockets, I think, and made threes. But regardless, that's... That was 2013. We're in 2020, 2022. They, the Knicks were ahead of the, the curve here. And I think that strategy, and it's worked too. Golden State is a, a dynasty because of it, right? Who else am I missing? From like, But the three-point shooting theme, you get what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. That's what the Lakers should do. It's, again, easier said than done. And the free agency is... I don't know how to describe it really. Yeah, it's, it's tough to talk about that before mid, the season's even yeah, over. Yeah, it's mid. I mean, the biggest names are John Wall, Harden, Westbrook, and Beal, and Kyrie Irving if he doesn't resign. Right. So you have to think about, you know, what can you pull from this pool to help improve the team? And I think money is going to also be the other issue with these guys because you have to find a way to get rid of Westbrook. And I think you can do that with the Allen Houston role, which is where you can cut a player from your team and it won't count against you. And you can probably use that on you Westbrook. Do you think they'll use that on I mean, Westbrook? I mean, if they don't, they're, Rob Polinka is just a galaxy brain if he doesn't <laughs> use that. So, but Regardless, the Lakers should think about what is everyone else doing that makes them successful, and let's do that. I have one last question. Gigi, I want to throw this at you. And I feel like I'm just feeding in. It's like I'm working for ESPN right now. Like I feel like I'm just feeding into the media madness. But how does this season affect LeBron's legacy? <laughs> or does it at all? I have to, because you're like the in-house <laughs> LeBron expert, so I have to ask that. There's a Jordan fan in here too, dude. This question happens every couple weeks. I like, know. how does this I game know. affect the legacy? And I hate to be that person, but it it's fair. It is like, a very ruthless process. But I mean, it's 
considering how they play, how they finished this year, age 37, year 19. Okay, yeah, I think it shows that he's not indestructible and that he needs help a lot of the times. And, like, he could put up multiple 30-point, 40-point games and still have a team in the 11 spot in the West, too. And I think that no matter what, there's going to be a lot of uh, anti-LeBron uh, <laughs> rhetoric. And Don't die. Yeah. Maybe I, I, from the guy next to me. I will say, I, I will say, 37 years old, and you're probably going to win the scoring title. That is and he missed 22 games, he and did. he's probably going to win that the is, scoring that title. That is like, damn impressive. That's yeah. really That is good. damn impressive. 22 games, they lost 47 games. They won 31. I mean... <laughs> If you just take what Definitely games the LeBron play in, it's not that yeah. bad of a record. But um, that that's that what's going to hurt him. That's what's going to hurt him. The whole resting thing. The resting That'll thing, and that him. it always comes back to that. And like I said, I think that that is something that's changing in basketball in general, at least professional uh, men's basketball. I do think that there's something to be said about winning back to back championships, mm-hmm. and we just haven't seen that from LeBron. Not on the. You know, like there's it hasn't happened for the Lakers. It didn't happen um, in Cleveland. So, I mean, I just think that is something that he is missing and that says a lot and it really shuts people up when you win two in a row. Yeah. I think the thing with if you look at LeBron and Michael Jordan, because I know that that's everyone's go to and it's mine as well. But with with Michael, he had the advantage of going to play baseball for a year. And a half. The advantage. The adv- I mean, that's well. He also had uh, baseball is not as physically a demanding of a sport right. as basketball. It's not as much cardio. It's not as much running. So Michael was kind of sitting on his behind for a little bit. Then he comes back. It takes him seventeen games in a playoff series in the summer to get back in the peak Michael form. Point being, LeBron did not decide to go play baseball in the middle of the season or his career, if you will. So he doesn't have that luxury. So he, I guess, in a way, he has to find other ways to. Uh, make up for that and again 37 years old you do definitely have to be careful i don't really blame him but i kind of do a little bit <laughs> trying to overtake care of himself but at the same time the fact he's still this good is 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 impressive and i, I do have to say that is very good and gg uh, i came up with your nickname i'm ready the energizer bunny okay i think that one's that works good. i can't i mean aka torpedo <laughs> The Energizer Butter but Bunny. Oh, butter a- could work too. Energizer Bunny, aka Torpedo, aka Gigi Spear. I can't think of a better way to end a show than on that note. <laughs> uh, maybe that's a messy segue, but whatever. Uh, the NBA Play-in Tournament starts Tuesday, April twelfth. So probably by the time you hear us on air next, we're going to be in playoff action, which is really exciting. The actual playoffs start on Saturday, April sixteenth. So we're coming down to the best part of the season and. You're going to want to hear us every week break those games down. It's my favorite part is actually getting to do a deep dive into that in-game analysis where it all matters. And we'll also know who the MVP is next season. So hopefully that uh, deep dive from this week is going to mean something. But for Gigi Spear, Thomas Yellow, I'm Kelly Bright. Pick and Pod is a production of WFUV Sports. <laughs> <laughs>